Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Got your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna go here and during this first series of the year, I wanted to take some time to talk about the very real spiritual battle that you are in. And so we're gonna dissect a little bit of Ephesians chapter six, Paul speaking here to the church in Ephesus. And as he concludes, he talks about the spiritual battle. And I want us to take this time at the beginning of the year to learn how to stand against the enemy. And so uh, if you've got your Bibles, we're gonna read Ephesians 6, then I'm gonna pray. Then we're gonna dive into it. Um, and uh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna talk fast because, uh, because I got a lot to say today. And so um, here we go. Ready? So if, if this is your first time, normally, I don't think I talk this fast normally, but I, I'm just warning you, I wanna say everything today. And so I'm gonna just, mm, this is like, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, you can just take this down to one point instead of 1.5 because... Today's gonna be fast. All right, here we go. Here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. All right, so here's Paul and he's saying, finally, so it's the end of Ephesians and he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So be strong in power. So you could take that as a command for you. I wanna be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Easy to live without the power of God in your life. But what looks... What does it look like in 2020 if we walk as a church and individually and in your marriage and in your family and where you work with some supernatural power? Put on the full armor, emphasis on full a lot. Maybe there's more than what you're currently walking in. Put on the full armor of God so that, here's the why, always begin with why, we love that, so that you can take your stand. Now, Paul's gonna say stand four times. It's his favorite word in this text so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Interesting. So this is more of a defensive position than an offensive position. So we know that the church is marching forward. But when Paul's talking here, he's talking about the enemy on the prowl, on the attack. Peter refers to the enemy like a lion that's attacking. Here, Paul's giving us a similar idea. He's saying, you gotta be able to take your stand against the enemy. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Interesting, because in our culture, They say, your only enemy is flesh and blood. And if you believe in spiritual warfare or a spiritual battle, you're crazy. And so this is a part of following Jesus, believing what the word of God says, because Paul says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, so because of that, because it's a spiritual battle, what's your action? What should you do? Me, you, I'm a believer, all right? I'm in a spiritual spiritual battle. It is true. What do I do? It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. It says full armor again. So, and sometimes I just want to say that because I think sometimes we can confuse that with like, well, I'm good in this area, not in that area. So we don't have a vision for all. I want to invite you in 2020, have a vision, put on all. Uh, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There it is again, stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth. And that's, that's, we're gonna dive into the belt of truth today. That's where the, the, the big one we're gonna talk about. The belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always, always keep on praying for all the Lord's People, Father, we ask that in these precious minutes we have together that you would help us as Christ followers here and now, 2020, that we would live this. Lord, help us to understand it. We ask that it would take root in our hearts. We pray even for just supernatural activity in these precious minutes that we have together. In Jesus' name, open up our eyes, open up our hearts to see. We love you. Radiant Church said amen. I'd like to invite you to see this armor of God a little bit differently than the way that you potentially saw it as a Sunday school kid, if you grew up in some form of church. I think that sometimes for me, this idea of the armor of God can kind of feel a little elementary. It can feel a little juvenile. And if we, if it, if we have that in our head, where we think mostly in terms of garb, we think mostly in terms of almost like a plastic toy, then we err on not seeing how Paul is actually looking at the church in Ephesus, recognizing the spiritual battle that they're in. And just like you would get ready every day by getting dressed, he's saying, you've got to have these six elements in your life. I mean, these have got to be locked in so that you can stand, so that when the enemy comes against you, you're able to stand. My dream for you in this series is that you would be better equipped to stand. One of the greatest tragedies, one of the things that I hate more than anything, I'm a Christ follower, I've been a Christ follower for a long time. I've had buddies in junior high, high school, college, my young adult years, going after God. And one of the, one of my the, the things that brings me just such sadness is when I see the enemy get in, get a foothold or trap or cause someone to, st to stumble and they're not standing. And so as we, as we begin this church, one of my dreams for you is that years and years from now, you have learned how to resist the enemy. You've learned how to stand. It's a little bit scary when you got a preacher standing up and saying, stand against the devil, stand, stand, stand. But before I'm saying it, it's just Paul saying it. And and I, I have a vision for you to think about how you walk in supernatural gear or supernatural clothing, that you're well-equipped. And so I don't know if you think about like gear or armor. I, I've never put on armor in my life. I know that's, I, I just, I never have. So I, I don't know the armor world very well. I, got, I mean, under armor, but that's different. But, but I don't know, I don't know armor. Um, and of course, Paul here, he's looking at, uh, he's, he's in a Roman prison cell. He's been looking at Romans and, and he's looking and he's, it's common to their life. They see him all the time. I mean, this Roman occupation, they, that's a part of their life. And so I would say it this way, 2020, um, I, I spent 16 years pastoring in Colorado Springs. And when I moved there in the year 2000, I love to play basketball, I love to play football. I love sports. I did not even know the word mountaineering. Um, that was not in my vocabulary, but I started becoming friends with some other guys. And when I would say, what do you enjoy doing? They would talk about things I had never done. And then I found myself doing them. So I found myself snowmobiling in January um, above treeline in the Rockies. And, and, and I wanna tell you, if you are above treeline on a snowmobile in the Rockies and you're dressed for basketball, it's a bad day, right? 
So I went, I went rappelling. I don't know if you know what that is. It's where you'd go ahead and jump off of a perfectly good cliff intentionally. Um, and you've got to have the right harness. You've got to have the right carabiner. I did not know those words. I didn't even know the word Nalgene bottle, but whew, I, I lived those things after years in Colorado. All right. And so, and so we're rappelling down. We've got to have the right harness. We've got to dress really warm. If you dress inappropriately on the snowmobile above tree line, you will freeze. If you do not have the right harness, when you jump backwards off a cliff on purpose, you will die, right? Those uh, garments, those ideas, you need to be successful. And that's kind of the idea that Paul is saying here. You need this to be successful as a follower of Jesus. Think about how you, it's, it's, it's what you need to embody. And so if we were to take the metaphor and put it in our day, I want you to kind of think that way. And my dream is that you would have this resolution that says, I'm gonna choose what I wear and these six things are gonna be a part of my life so that I can walk in supernatural power. I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna voluntarily say, I want these things. I want supernatural peace. I, I, I want faith. I mean, I mean my, my fears are sailing away. I mean, I've never even heard that before, but yeah, 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 let's do that. Like, right? Like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk in supernatural thing and get that kind of resolution inside of you. I got a little resolution inside of me when I was in the first grade because I grew up as a triplet. You don't know what a triplet is. It's the exact same thing as being born in a litter. I was born, <laughs> I was born with two girls, David, Dana, and Deborah. All right, my brother's name is Dan. My dad's name is Hal. Um, my mom's name is Debbie. He's left out. So, but I, but but I I grew up with um, people in our church. Uh, in Idaho where we grew up and they would make clothes with fabric. I know, isn't that wild? You're like, oh, is this Little House in the Prairie days? No, this is my childhood. Uh, and they would buy fabric and then it was cute to like make a dresses for the, little, the pastor's little, two little girls and then make a shirt for the boy so that my childhood is filled with pictures of me wearing a shirt matching two girls desperate to show off masculinity. I mean, <laughs> dying in insecurity. And so uh, by first grade, I made a big resolution. Now this might feel weird to you, but this was a stand moment for me where uh, first grade pictures, my mom gave all three of us purple shirts from Kmart to wear for picture day. There was a day where I took my stand and I said, I shall not, I will not. And if you look at my first grade picture, mm, Dana, purple shirt. Mm, Deborah, purple shirt. David, brown sweater, baby. What's up? I mean, as masculine as you can be, mm, not even smiling. Mm, just, I'm a dude, you know, like, right, don't put this in pigtails, like, mm, right? <laughs> here's, and here, here's, what, here's what I'm telling you. When Paul's talking about this armor, he's taking a picture of what would be common to the people of that day and saying, if you're gonna live a successful Christian life, you need these things. You need this resolution. I'm not gonna be weak in the power of God. I'm gonna be strong in the power of God. I'm be strong in the Lord and in his power. And so as we go to 21 days of prayer, and even if you read this text right at the end there, it goes, and keep on praying. I think that this whole armor of God text is helping to empower the vision to be a people that keep on praying. So that you go, I'm gonna be a person that walks in truth, in peace, in righteousness, in salvation. Because the enemy, and, and this is intriguing language because when, when, when Paul says stand here four times, I, I see this heart of this, this believer, this father, this apostle Paul. He's desperate for the church in, in Ephesus to not fall, to not cater. And he wants them to stand and that's the language. 
And so as you picture 21 days and 2020, I wanna invite you to think, I wanna walk in supernatural power. Your temptation will be when you live in a culture that says, don't live according to supernatural power, live according to common sense. So supernatural power says, I wanna put on the full armor of God. So I want the sword of the spirit. So I want the helmet of salvation. So I want shield of faith. So I want shoes of peace. So I'm gonna walk in supernatural activity. But you live in a culture that says, no, 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 no. It's actually the opposite of this idea, our struggle's not against flesh and blood. The, the culture that we live in says, your only struggle is flesh and blood. So stop talking all the spiritual talk. And yet it's the, the, the job of the Christ follower to go, no, there, there's a bigger battle going on. And if I lean only on my own strength, my own common sense, if I lean only on my abilities and you will not be able to stand, you need the power of God in order to stand. You need to be strong in the power of God. Temptation is to be just a little off-putting on this, just a little casual, a little casual after all, we live in the information age. I can, I can live on common sense. I want to invite you to just, you know, in these 21 days, to engage in spiritual battle. Know that you're in one, that the enemy wants to take you out and fully go all in. Fully go, I want all that the Holy Spirit has for me. All that you have for me. First of the six that he mentions here, there's six different things. The first one is belt of truth. Today, I want to talk a little bit about belt of truth. Uh, and I believe it's, this, it's, it's first for a reason. And I wanna invite you when you think about spiritual warfare or when you think about the battle to think a little bit less about ghosts and goblins and think a little bit more about the lies that the enemy speaks to try to get you to stumble. Because when Jesus talks about truth, when Jesus, he is truth. And when he challenges us, he talks about the enemy and he talks about him as the father of lies. And one of the ways that the enemy will try to get you to stumble more than any other is to lie to you. So he is, he's gonna try to lie to you. He's gonna try to deceive you. He'll try to tempt you. He'll try to accuse you. And when Jesus preaches on this, when he's talking, he says this, John 8, listen to the, even the title that he gives the enemy. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. So I want you to see, you've got this, this enemy. And though there, we could go through lots of ways that he's trying to take you out, I just want you to see what are the lies that he's trying to ensnare or trap me. So Peter would say that the enemy's like a lion that's, kind of ready to prowl. It's going to try to take you out. Um, Paul in 2 Timothy talks about that we got to escape the devil's trap. It's the same language. It's, it's the trap. It's the, it's the ensnaring. And so what does it look like for you to identify what are potential places where the enemy is going to lie to me and I have a temptation to believe a lie? Because if the enemy can get you to believe it wrong, you'll live it wrong. If you can believe, if he gets you to believe a lie, then there's negative fruit in your life. And so the dream is, is that you get down to rock bottom and know what is truth? 
How do, I, how do I get the word of God in me so I know truth? How do I walk with Jesus who is truth and get truth right at my core? And you've got an enemy. And, and, and I say this, I want you to know when I say an enemy that's out to attack. There's actually a moment where the disciples come back, the 72, and they look at Jesus and they go, wow, even the demons are kicked out by our, our authority. And Jesus goes, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then he goes on to tell them about how much power you have, how much power. Here's the idea. It is, this is not, hey, scary, big devil. No, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I mean, just bam, just, and he's, he's looking and going, you've got big power. So when I say this, don't think, don't think scary, Devil, little God, I want you to think huge, big, massive, omnipotent, all-powerful God. But I want you to recognize a little devil that's trying to, he's, he's, he's ensnaring. He's trying to trap. And when I say little, I don't want you to think red pitchfork. I want you to think, he's trying to get you to lie. He's trying to get you to believe a lie. He's trying to get you. I'm the redeemed. I am saved. I'm a saint. I'm delivered. I'm free. I am loved. And he's going to try to get little lies, try to, try to get you to, to believe them. And he's watching you. He's studying you. He's going, how, how can I get that person to not stand? And I just want you to be aware of that real battle that you're in. I don't know if many of you are aware, but last night, uh, there's a beautiful thing that took place in our nation. And that was that Tom Brady and Patriots lost. I got an applause on that before I even started. Now, you don't go with that. How? Well, one of the ways is that there's these titans that are studying Patriot tape and going, what is their weak spot? How can we take out, well, the quarterback's 100 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Like, what? What's the, ah, just kidding. Ooh, now I got people mad. Like, so be it. This is Kansas City. Uh, it's just, it, how? Studying tape, right? Here, here's my point. The enemy, it, 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 there is an enemy that's looking at you, studying your tape. He's going, there's a way that, I, how could I get Nathan? How, how, how could I get David? I want you to believe a lie. And, and I want you today just to recognize the enemy's trying to get you to believe lies. And where we're going is this ferocious hunger that says, I'm gonna get truth in my innermost parts. I'm gonna get the truth of God in my mind. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna guard against lies. And I want to even begin someone who speaks truth. And I think if you can get those three things, I think if you can even have in your head, I'm going to get those things inside of me. I think that you'll start to experience some freedom, start to experience some supernatural strength, God at work. Here's a few things. So when it comes to putting on the belt of truth, I, I, I want you just to think truth. I, I, I grew up with a, um, an actual toy, the armor of God right? Like this is, this is the equivalent of VeggieTales in the 80s. It's Bizarro World where you're wearing a plastic helmet and it's almost like Halloween, right? Like, like plastic shoes of peace, plastic sword of the spirit. And, and, and there's there some part of that that's beautiful because it was helping me memorize it. But in some ways, in some ways it can be negative if we oversimplify this and we kind of make it out into kind of like this, just this children's story, this is children's toy. So imagine, I want you to just see, if you're putting on 
felt a truth. First one that Paul says, what does it look like to get truth on the inside? A few things. First, I wanna encourage you with this is to feed your mind on truth. Feed your mind like content, substance, as much as you can get. This is a beautiful thing to talk about early in the new year, 2020, where you say, I'm gonna start a habit. I'm gonna start a discipline. I'm gonna start a process where I'm intentionally gonna put truth in my head and in my heart, all right? Psalm 1-1 says this, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That's the vision. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the law of God or the word of God or truth. I wanna get it inside of me. I wanna get to where I know it. I wanna say it. I wanna invite you to even think about putting into place in 2020 a way. There's lots of different ways, but a way. So it could be an app on your phone. It could be an Alexa contraption in your house. It could be, it could be in your headphones. It could be reading an old school paper Bible. It could be on your phone. It could be an iPad. It could be a tape from the 80s in your car. <laughs> but have a plan. On, I'm gonna feed on it. I wanna feed on the word of God. Here's a few things, a few ways that we read about in the scriptures where that people experience truth as helpful to them. Look at this, Psalm 19:8. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant. Ooh, good word. Giving light to the eyes, okay? Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So here's a psalmist and saying, your commands are radiant. They give light to my eyes. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. The idea is that the word of God guides me. If I've got the word of God inside of me, if I've got truth in my inner man, if, I, if I'm listening to it, if I'm reading it, if I, if I know it, if I meditate on it, it's helpful for guiding me. So you do not have to make big decisions alone. You are not on your own in this world making all the big choices with your own logic. There's a bigger opportunity and that is if you'll get the word of God, the truth of God inside of you where you know it, then whether it's Old Testament narratives where you're able to see other people who have been in the place that you're in or quote what they said or the words of Jesus or maybe Paul or Peter, if you've got the word of God inside of you, it's, it's, like, it's like a belt of truth. It's like, I, it's, it, it helps hold everything together. It's like, I, I, it's helpful and it guides me, helps me know this is the direction I should go. So many people wander, clueless, frustrated. Is there any meaning? Oh yeah, there's meaning. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're on a journey with Jesus. You got a call on your life. You, 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 the dream is, is that you would walk closely with Jesus. You'd fulfill the call that he has on your life. And it's, it's a big deal. How, 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 do I, how, do, how do I get there? I wanna tell you, if you'll get belt of truth, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the word of God. I'm gonna know it. It will be like a light to your path. Another idea we read about is that it's like bread, not just light, it's like bread. And there's lots of these. I'm just gonna give you three because it's fun. Deuteronomy 8, this is a fun one. And Jesus quotes this one in Matthew 4. But in Deuteronomy 8, it says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So this is the idea that manna given from heaven and we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. And this is the content of nourishment. This is not only just feeding on truth, 
guide me and it's like light. But feeding on the word of God, it, it nourishes me. And the comparison here is like, like bread from heaven or manna from heaven. It's, it's a substance. It helps me. And I wanna invite you to think about what does it look like in my life in 2020 where I have supernatural help, the word of God, alive and active. I've got it inside of me and it's guiding me. It's a light. It's a light to my path. It helps me. And, and I'm feeding, like chewing on the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. And it's, it, 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 I mean, this is actually the perfect picture of, of fasting where, yeah, my, I, I feed on it. And it's amazing how it's, instead of being food for my stomach, it's like food for my mind. It's like food that supernaturally fills me. It's the word of God. Last one. This is a fun one. Psalmist says, uh, it's like honey. Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. This is the idea is that this is what satisfies. This is, this is enjoyable. Have you ever been around someone who they're, when they talk about the scriptures, it's like they're savoring it. It's like, it's like the word of God means a lot to them. Let that be an invitation to you where you go, well, I feed on some of it. Mm. Whatever you feed upon, you'll develop an appetite for. So if you'll feed on the word of God a little bit more during these 21 days and press out some other things, you'll find your hunger. What, 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 I, I wanna study, I wanna do my own study on truth. I wanna do my own study on armor. I wanna do my own study on book of Ephesians. I wanna do my own. I, 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 and, and you'll find yourself enjoying the word of God, like honey, having it nourish you like bread or like manna, which is what God gave every day. I actually have a buddy and he even calls his Bible reading each day, daily manna. And the idea is that it's what, it's, it's substance. It's what fills me. It nourishes me. And here's the, here's the reason. If you'll get these things, if you'll get the word of God inside of you, it will give you strength to stand. And when you don't know the word of God, when you don't have it in you, when you're not feeding upon it, when it's not in you, you can face circumstances and it's like you're weaker. It's like you're not strong in power. It's like you don't have full armor. It's like the enemy has an opportunity to come after you. And I just want you to be able to stand. Sometimes when we don't learn the scripture, when we don't know it, when we're, we don't have the strength that's available to us. And sometimes, sometimes when the enemy will get this little lie, and some of you, when you think enemy, you're thinking red pitchfork, you're thinking ghosts and goblins, you're thinking Halloween. I want you to think the lie of the enemy to rob your identity, the lie of the enemy to get you discouraged, the lie of the enemy that, that, that accuses what God looks like, the lie of the enemy to get you to stop standing. Picture the enemy what, what's, what's his way in in your life? How's he, how's he trying to just get you that bitterness, that rage, that frustration, that anger at that former person that you used to hang out with, whatever it is. Because if you, it, it can just be a little bit off, but if it's off, if, if you learn it wrong, you'll live it wrong. If you don't learn it at all, you won't have the power to stand. When I was in Colorado, um, I used to put on this big youth conference every year and uh, one year after the, summer, the, the week after the conference, uh, one of the men in the church who I thought he was like super old. <laughs> anyway, um, he's not that he's young, but anyway, 
this young guy in our church, uh, he took me out for lunch and he just would just accolades, just David, that was so powerful. David, all those kids getting saved. Oh, so awesome. And then he stops and he looks right at me, true story. And he says, young man, if there is any pastor on staff at our church that embodies the verse, if you build it, they will come, it's you. And I said, I'm pretty sure that's Kevin Costner. <laughs> Feel the dreams. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, 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 tomato, tomato. All right, <laughs> but here's what I thought, dear me. Like you start quoting Kevin Costner, <laughs> like it's the Bible, you in trouble, brother. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal. I'm just telling you, that, that, it's funny because that's a lot of us. I looked at my dad, we were in the station wagon when I was like 11. And I was like, well, dad, I, I think I need to do this because the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. I better get to work. And my dad said, where's that at? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it took a little discipleship only to find out that ain't in the Bible, right? Here's the reality. Many of us, I, I, imagine your greater strength if you've got it in you. And, and you're the one going, like my dad, uh, son, <laughs> you, better, you better feed on the Bible a little bit more before you start quoting it wrong, right? Making stuff up. Here's the idea. Feed on it in 2020. I want to invite you, feed on it. Just, oh, I want it to be, I have a lot of things in my life that feel like honey, but I don't know if the scriptures are where, where I'm at. I got a lot of things that I find strength in that satisfies, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm there with God and the word of God, I want it though. I, I let a lot of people guide me, maybe a lot of books. Maybe I'd go to Google before I go to anything. But imagine a vision where you go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feed on truth. So you're, I mean, you know it, you're locked in on it. And so feed on truth. And then the second thing is this, guard yourself or guard your mind from lies. Proverbs 4.23, always read this in the NIV, uh, where it says, guard your heart for it's the wellspring. But listen to this in the contemporary English version. Read this this week, interesting. Carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Carefully guard your thoughts. It's the enemy comes in and he's bringing lies. He wants to try to take you out with lies. He wants to, he wants to get you to believe things that are false. And he will come, he'll attack your character. He will accuse. Revelation 12 calls the enemy the accuser. So he's accusing and he's coming at you and he's making accusation. That's what he does. So David, how do, I, how do I tell the difference between the Holy Spirit who's helping me to walk in holiness and walk in step with the Holy Spirit and the accuser? Because sometimes I make wrong choices. Here, here's what it looks like. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit will comfort what you're doing wrong in love and as a comforter, wants you to win. Make sense? The enemy is the accuser and he wants you to lose. So the Holy Spirit, the comforter, he'll cause you to recognize what you did and repentance will flow. The enemy will come and he'll accuse who you are. So let's say it this way. Let's say it's me. Um, this is silly, but it's uh, because I don't want to confess all my sin right here and right now. Um, but if, if for me, okay, let's go. Enemy, uh, enemy comes. David, you are a glutton, you pathetic slug, right? <laughs> Holy Spirit, David, 
don't die young, brother. <laughs> just, just slow down on that buffet. You know what I mean? You got to help. Uh, I, 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 got, I, I need you to make a difference, <laughs> right? A silly illustration, but, but you see the difference? One is this is who you are. And Jesus, I mean, when we're walking in our identity, you're a saint. You are the redeemed. You are loved. And the enemy comes and goes, you're pathetic. You can't live as a son. You'll never amount to anything. The question is, you're going to believe the accuser or you're going to believe the comforter? You, you, what, what, what are you going to allow in? You've got to guard your heart. You've got to know the word of God. You can recognize, ah, oh, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit and this lie of the enemy, no chance it's getting in. And, and the enemy's always accusing. That's what Revelation 12 says, constantly accusing. It's going to keep accusing. Fiery darts. That's what it's going to say Ephesians 6. So the question is, who, who will you, what will you believe? If the accusations are always there, people can kind of say, well, the enemy's attacking me. The enemy's always attacking, he's always accusing. The question is, what do you let in? What will you believe? You don't have to allow merit or value to the enemy's accusations. You can go, no, mm, what the, out of here. No way. I stand as who I am in Christ. Wh- wh- which voice will you listen to? So, I'll say it this way. Uh, when I was in high school, my senior year, um, I worked at a Christian school after school. So uh, they would get out at th- uh, uh, 3.30. I got out at like two something. And I would go and I worked at this school that had like a, um, a daycare afterwards. And I would stay with these little kids and I uh, was their teacher. So I taught gym. <laughs> and, uh, and so they called me Mr. David. It was awesome. And I had authority. It was Great day. And so I was a senior in high school. I'm watching little seven-year-olds, right? Now, when the seven-year-old accuses me of being mean, do you know how much weight it carries with me? Mr. David, you won't let me have five snacks. You're mean. That doesn't carry much weight with me. I look at a seven-year-old in that accusation and go, I don't want to be sued by your parents. You don't need it. I I got logic. You calling me mean doesn't move me. Mr. David, you're mean. You won't let me play dodgeball in the street. You're mean. Mm. That accusation doesn't carry much value for me. Why? Because you're a crazy seven-year-old that wants to play in the street. Okay? Here's reality. So many believers. Accusation. Accusation of the enemy. And the question is, are you going to believe it? Big God, little devil, but he's accusing. And you, you got to get in this place where you're like, I'm going to guard my thoughts. That lie of the enemy. When he comes in and that enemy says, you're, name the accusation. You're a liar. You're, you're going to be immoral. You're, you're terrible. I don't, the lies that we believe. When you did this, God can't love you. You can't, the, the, the lies that people believe are so many. Guard your heart. Decide. Resolute. No. Just like the seven-year-old accuser, no merit, no value, no weight, Mm, not a chance. Why? I'm going to combat that with the truth that I stand in Christ. I know who I am by virtue of the finished work of the cross. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. The question is, will you believe the word of God? (laughs) Funny moment. Hold up the iPad. The word? (laughs) Or will you believe the lie of the enemy? you will have greater capacity to believe the truth when you know it. You spend time in it. You got it in you. And then the accusations of the enemy come. You push them off. All right. Last idea is this. Um, 
Share your hunger for truth with others. Just real simple. Deuteronomy 11, famous text about the word of God being on your door frames. Share it as you walk along the road. I love that text because it's, it's saying, take what, the truth that's inside of you and share it. You wanna grow in truth? Put on the belt of truth. Get to where you feed on it. You guard against the enemy. And then you, I wanna invite you this year, like never before, to actually share it. So it creates a new culture in your life. So your culture might be, um, I don't really share. I mean, I might share about the economy or about sports or, or about my family, but I don't share about the Bible. Okay, just, just take, a, take a step. Here, here's, if, if you're in an environment where you're like, I'm, I'm meditating on the word of God and I'm resisting the enemy and I'm, I'm like, I wanna share with you what, what I'm reading in the scripture. I wanna share with you what the Holy Spirit's revealing to me in the scripture. Here's what happens. When you start to become a person that shares it, you'll learn it better. You, you also find camaraderie in the word of God being what holds you together in relationships. So like for me, that could be a small group. I, I could do that in a small group, done that in a small group. I could do that with other, with other friends. I, I like doing it in my family, all right? Because I know, I get my kids, I call it tribal Bible, sit in a circle. And I know I can, I can preach at them all day long and they will be sleeping or going, wanting to go to a buffet. I mean, you know, something other than this. But if I say, what's, what, what's going on inside of you? Tell me what you're thinking. Oh, well, here's what I'm learning. Here's what God's teaching me. And that's what Ephesians 5, when it says, sing hymns, songs, spiritual songs. It's gather together, have something to bring. Deuteronomy, put the word of God out there. Talk about it as you're going along the road. First Corinthians, Paul said this way. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Here's a part of your maturity. You stepping into, I'm gonna help build up others. I'm gonna build up. You're married. I'm gonna invest in sharing even on a normal day with my spouse. Here's something that God's doing. Maybe your kids, maybe a small group, maybe even at work, maybe at a lunch setting, hey. You just have even one other friend. If you'll meditate on it, here's what I was, I was thinking on Ephesians 6. I was, you'll, you'll be, your, your appetite for truth, for the word of God, for not living in the cesspool of lies that are all around us will grow. My wife, um, she's not, she doesn't enjoy preaching, but she's constantly in conversation in our family talking about the scripture and what she's learning. And one of the pieces of that is it not only helps the listener, she's building up our family, but it helps her. So you don't have to have a platform. You don't have to make a YouTube channel. Hey, here's my scripture, my observation, my application and my prayer for you. Bam, you don't have to, that's not, that's not a requirement to be a radiant. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. Just take a step. Just, Lord, what do you want? Who, who can I make I talk about the scriptures with? How can, I, how can this be a part when I gather? I'm feeding on truth. I got the strength to push out the enemy. And just, 
and just make a difference in the life of somebody else. I was talking to a teenager. When I, when I was a teenager, I'll say it this way. When I was a teenager, I told a preacher that I was a preacher. And he said, if you're a preacher, then preach. I said, well, let me preach. He said, if you're a preacher, you'll find a way to preach. I said, all right. So I preached at the Jesus House downtown Oklahoma City. I preached these poor junior high kids, right? I preached to my peers. Here's reality. You don't have to wait. Just, just on date night. Hey, babe, here's what I feel like. The, I don't know if you call your wife babe or vice versa, but whatever. Hey, dear one. Um, <laughs> here's what I'm, here, I'm just meditating on Proverbs 4 and get it out there. Lead others into it. Take, just, just take a step, just a step. And you'll be surprised. Truth. You'll be, you will be greater prepared to stand, stand, stand. Let's stand. Father, in Jesus' name, we just give you our lives. And God, as we go into 21 days of prayer, we ask, Lord, that we would walk in the power of God. I pray for truth to be in our inner being. And we just, we don't put on a toy. We don't, it's not a fake. We just, in all reality, we want truth in our inner man. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you'd help us to feed on truth. Protect us from the lies of the enemy. Help us walk in truth. Help us know Jesus, who is truth. Help us know your word, truth. I just wanna invite you to take 30 seconds and just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Just one thing. Father, I ask, Lord Jesus, for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you'd help them, strengthen them with the truth of God. Let them feed on your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, in 2020, in these 21 days, truth markers. And if you're here today and you wanna become a follower of Jesus, you can begin your journey with Jesus. And this isn't the only thing you need to say, but this could be the first thing where you get started, but just say this to the Lord. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life, save me. I want new life in Christ. I give you everything in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give King Jesus a shout out. Can you do that today?